On this week's Ask a Matchmaker episode, you're going to hear an interview with me and Violetta Laze, who's an intuitive guide, astrologer, hypnotherapist, and spiritual psychology coach in life and relationships. I met her a few months ago through a friend. She is absolutely incredible. Her voice gives me ASMR. I absolutely say that in the recording of this episode. She has assisted in the soulful transformation and individuation of high achieving professionals from all over the world to embody their innate power while awakening their divinity. Yes, this is a woo-woo episode and you're here for the ride. Sometimes we need woo-woo episodes, okay? I believe in the power of manifesting. I believe that what you put out there is what you get. And Violetta is the expert on that kind of energy, healing, energy transformation, and manifesting the love that you're looking for. So I'm so happy you get to hear this episode with Violetta Laze. Hi, I'm Matchmaker Maria, the founder of Agape Match. For over a decade, I've combined four generations of family matchmaking tradition with modern relationship psychology, behavioral science, and dating trends. With this unique expertise, I answer your dating and relationship questions and interview experts to give you the tools to find or keep the love of your life. This is Ask a Matchmaker. Okay, first up, I have a few announcements. If you want to schedule a dating strategy call with a member of my team to learn more about our services, I have the link in the episode notes. And if you're interested in joining me at next year's retreat in Greece, in the island of Paros, check out the link in the show notes that says agapiescapes.com. That is where you can register for the remaining spots to join me at the retreat next year with the entire Agape team. So you get in-person attention, you get the camaraderie of incredible people. Um, this is a women's retreat, so incredible women. And you get that one-on-one -on -one action with our team. I just said that, I'll say it again, because that's pretty important. And also you get these amazing like life experiences. We get to go on a boat, we get to have really great food, we get to hop to three other islands. And it's just, I mean, it's wonderful. I hope to see you at next year's retreat. Again, link in bio. All right, let's bring on our guest. Violetta Laze. it's so nice to have you here. Hello, thank you for having me. I'm so excited to talk today. So, you know, in preparing for this podcast, I asked you like, what do I call you? Because in my mind, you're like a spiritual guide. Uh, mm -hmm. But is that accurate? Is that what I should be calling you? Yeah, there are so many different names that you can call me. But yes, a spiritual guide, a spiritual psychology coach, I blend the two modalities together. And, um, you know, for the one event of healing, so yeah, you can call me that. I love that. Okay, so I met Violetta through a friend and through a former guest on the Ask a Matchmaker podcast, Chrissy Rutherford. Shout <laughs> yes, out to Chrissy. Friend. Shout out to Chrissy. Yeah, she's awesome. <laughs> um, and, you know, she was telling me about how like you have to meet Violetta. She blends mysticism with love. And we did meet. And that was... <laughs> a very interesting conversation. And I'm so happy to have you on this podcast because I definitely want to talk about 
mysticism with love, uh, you know, your forte uh, on the podcast. So tell me a little bit more about, you know, when we say mysticism with love, what that means. So naturally, I think there is a mystical component to love. You know, there's this intoxication process and it's more than just a bunch of hormones racing through your body. I believe that mysticism and love, they go hand in hand because to fall in love uh, or to grow in love is a spiritual journey through oneself. And uh, just like any journey in your life, it, you are going to go through some kind of a initiation. Uh, mm. In the shamanic world, they call it initiation. And normally it's through a wound or it's through some intense event that you overcome. And love, as we know it, is something that we know that we have to overcome, whether that is the struggles um, or learning how to be healthy in love. And that's a really deep and intense journey. So I think love is an initiation into the soul. I think um, growing in that form is is a big process that many of us don't really talk about. Let's take a step back. Uh, tell me a little bit more. Like, where are you coming from with this sort of knowledge? Like, tell me a little bit more about your background. Yeah. So I study depth psychology, which is a Carl Jung school of thought, and he blends a lot of mysticism with psychology. He notes a lot about astrology in his work and that mm -hmm. psychology is like a dinosaur without astrology. And you might be aware of this, um, because in the Greek tradition, there's agape, like, you know, it's the, your name. Sure. And, I think I know what um, that is. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, in Jungian philosophy, Eros and Psyche come mm -hmm. together and there's this mystical initiation of, a union, but it's through the soul. And yeah, I think that's yeah. like when you hear it's, it's so funny because there's like a few definitions of agape at this point. Um, I mean, they all mean love, right? But there is, and I think this is what Jung does too, is like, there is the ancient Greek definition from Aristotle, which is like agape is the soul's recognition of another soul. Mm -hmm. And then there's the biblical definition of love of agape, which is like God's unconditional love. Yeah. And it's so funny, like as a Greek person, because agape is just the word that you use to say that you love something. It's just the L word, right? Mm -hmm. um, it's so interesting. Like sometimes, you know, when I named my company at a, at, in my early 20s, I just like, mm -hmm. oh, love match. Of course, you know, <laughs> soul's recognition of another soul. No big deal. But there's like the agape mission in the United States, which is like it's like a, you know, a church. <laughs> yeah. And sometimes they constantly be like, Oh, let's collab. And I'm like, I'm not, that's not, I'm not <laughs> representing your church here. Um, so wait, can I ask you a question? So isn't Carl yeah. Jung like the guy that, um, also did like was part of Myers-Briggs or am I confusing him with someone else? No, I don't, I don't believe Jung was a part of that. He, okay. he had a, he implemented, um, a form of personality testing, Mm -hmm. Um, I don't believe it's the, the Briggs test, but he did have a lot of case studies on an archetypal astrology, uh, archetypal astrology, right. archetypal. Yeah. Yes. He's the one that came up with that, which is a form of the Myers-Briggs. 
Okay. Um, but it, I think it was created through a uh, young school of thought of archetypes. Right. Yes. Yes. You are right. And in love, okay. we go through the archetypes. When I am in session with someone, I actually go through the archetypes. With what them. are the archetypes? So the the most common one is the warrior and the lover, and then we have the fighter, which is the Martian within. And these are different. I also think initiations on the pathway to agape or uh, psyche, which is wholeness. Psyche is the wholeness of eros. It's right. It's deeper than just lust and a primitive force to co-create. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do think that we need relationships for personal development. So I look at the archetypes with people when they're early dating or they're married to see where they are on the journey with themselves and in, in relationship. You know, in your background, you studied this. And now, you know, when people book time with you to speak to you about, you know, their love journey, um, are you always defining their archetype or is it just a natural part of the process to learn what that is? Yeah, it's a, it's a natural part. I would say when they're in coaching with me and we, we really go deep, um, in terms of uncovering the unconscious, then Mm -hmm. I do apply the archetypal studies when I'm in a reading, for example, with how you and I met, Mm -hmm. I just kind of pick up where they are already. I don't really need to ask many questions. I already know and I can sense and I can see it. Um, and young had a lot of work, um, with the tarot in terms of the soul's journey, the foolish journey. And you can even see the biggest love stories in the tarot, like the lover's card, then the higher fans, and then more of a lower vibrational love with the devil, toxicity, uh, jealousy, you know, all the primitive feelings that we get at some point or another in our relationships. So it's this beautiful evolution from the lower self, the lower chakras to the higher chakras, which is then connected to the spiritual side of love where you learn to let go and you're not so demanding or controlling on your partner. And you really allow them to be free, to be free and to love, to have sovereignty and interconnectedness at the same time. You know, I'm listening to you speak and I'm experiencing like intense ASMR because I love the way you talk. <laughs> However, I also don't that's know so what yeah, you often <laughs> with my clients. <laughs> you know, that's why with you, I'm like, well, let's just get on the phone because this, this can be distracting for me. <laughs> and I, right. But I also yeah. don't understand, like, I don't believe in a lot of woo woo things. That's what I'm gonna call it right now. Uh, and that's okay to, for things to be woo-woo. I don't believe yeah. in a lot of woo-woo things. I do believe in certain woo-woo things. I do believe in like manifesting. I do believe mm-hmm. in like what you say to the universe is what you get back. I've seen countless examples, not only in my personal life, but even professionally with mm-hmm. a lot of the men and women that I work with. But then you're using words like chakras and astrology. <laughs> and I'm like, wait, <laughs> tell me oh, more. Because these are things just- that I don't necessarily understand so i understand what you're saying and so many things especially just that's orbiting around the internet is like what is this it's just so woo woo um and it makes you just want to shut it out completely Mm -hmm. Uh, so I, i can understand that and myself included when i see just 
random stuff orbiting without an explanation, you know, I'm, I also am like, well, people are not going to read this. They're, they can't resonate with this information unless they experience it from within. Right. Um, and chakras, just to quickly explain, are just energy wheels, and we have seven of them. Okay. And in the yogic Eastern philosophy, they say that the spiritual evolution is, it starts from the primitive self, the root chakra. And the journey of the yogi is for the chakra wheels to always be orbiting and rotating. And that's what our pillar of health is. It's that our chakras are always aligned and they're not stagnant. Think of energy that just feels stagnant. You can't get moving. That's in our bodies. And so when we're talking about love, for example, I want to bring it back to that. Mm -hmm. Um, a lot of people, and I, I'm sure you have seen this in your practice, um, and in your business, a lot of men and women, they tend to be in the lower body, the lower self, which is lustful. It's a little bit more like Eros. They, they can't really get to the higher dimensions of love, which is more maybe unconditional or transcendental. That's more of the spiritual right. love. So many people are here down below. Maybe they're overly sexual or they rely too much on that to, for connection. I've seen that a lot in women too, right? And when I see that, what I see is something that's un, underdeveloped. Mm -hmm. And we have to go through the initiations of the soul in relationships so that we can operate from a higher place from the third eye, which is how I can see you unconditionally without judgment. And I accept you for your past and your wounding and, and your shadow self. Young talks a lot about the shadow self. And can we, going up. if someone is only operating in Eros and like, you know, I talk about this all the time, you know, Eros is the first kind of love that we meet when we meet someone, right? Cause that's lust, right? You lust mm -hmm. someone in the beginning. And eventually that is going to plateau. That is a natural reaction, a physiological reaction. And you have to choose agape. You have to choose that spiritual divine connection of yes. love with the other person fully. Yes. I am fully on board with this. This is not woo woo. This is, this mm -hmm. is literally science. Okay. Yes. Yes, absolutely. How, so for people, I always hear from both men and women. Oh, I date someone for four and you know, that arrows plateau happens between month four and seven for a lot of people. And mm -hmm. they, they say like, I break up with people after three or four months. We're just not getting to the next step. Mm -hmm. And do you think there is a way to hack this to like see people at that level? Or do you think you're just, you're just not experiencing that because you're just not with the right person? That is such a great question. And everything starts with, the self that is the source. When you talk about manifestation, Maria, you know that you have to first claim it. You have to claim mm. it. You have to proclaim it. You have to feel I it. Deserve. I deserve. I desire. Worthy. <laughs> right. And so I think a lot of people miss that step and they jump to Where be. Where do they in jump love. to? They jump. They, and this is where codependency can come in. They want, they almost want a shortcut. Instead of doing the work, the inner work first, that's what I believe. I believe you can get to and choosing agape is really choosing yourself through your personal development work. They're taking a deep look within and saying, why am I attracting the same relationships? It's the same energetic signature. 
it's just different hair and a different body, but it's the same person. Mm. And I think that's where so many people get stuck and it's a loop. It's a hyperloop. I call it a karma loop too. People are in the same karmic loop cycles and they don't break out of it until they get counseling, right? They, they do more inner work and they realize why they choose the same partners. And then when they create more of an inner capacity for their spiritual selves to evolve, naturally they're just going to attract a man or a woman that meets them where they're at. Hmm. And where is where they're at they for deeper. you? Like, do you mean like where spiritually or? Yeah. Yeah. And their development of all their, all of their faculties, their intuitive faculties, their emotional intelligence, their knowledge of self, of their, their triggers, their patterns, their woundings. I think one must have the self-knowledge before they enter a relationship, a healthy one. Right. And I think, you know, I agree with you on this. I mean, one of the, um, so in like an agape intensive, which is one of our programs, link in bio, if you'd like to join a future intensive, (laughs) Uh, got a shout out my company. Um, but in intensive, I do teach about like the five pillars. This is our own philosophy of like what we think long-term compatibility rests on. And one of those things is spiritual compatibility. And that is where I do talk about, you know, agape and like, Mm -hmm. you know, a soul's recognition of their soul. And what does it mean to have, you know, not only a spiritual connection, but like a soul connection, like, I don't know about you. Right. But I I would love to hear your stance on soulmates. But when I think about a soulmate, I don't think we have one soulmate. I think we have multiple soulmates in our lifetime. And, you know, for instance, uh, perhaps my sister, she was my mom in a previous life. If we, if you believe in previous lives, but even if you don't, you have people in life that guide you and also people that you're not supposed to have in life. Like I meet a lot of people for a living, like a lot of people do. I'm not the only person with this kind of career. And I don't mean just matchmaking, right? There's plenty of people who have to deal with a lot of people. Absolutely. And there are some times where I meet people where I'm just like, like I have a physical reaction. Like mm-hmm. I'm not supposed to know you in this life. Like, <laughs> like there is something off. And I think that also happens with people on dates. Like when you're, especially when you're meeting someone that's off the internet, it's not through a friend. There wasn't some organic connection before. I think this is where it's like the gut check. So like, I think what people get confused by where they don't see people is they're confusing their gut, their intuition versus the spark. Yeah. Right. Like, cause yeah. I said this before, like the spark to me is bullshit, right? The spark is just anxiety that yeah. happens and you, you know, hopefully you don't feel anxiety when you go on dates, right. but the vibe check, the gut check, that's a whole different thing. I don't know what, I mean, I mean, I do know, I feel like this is how I feel. I would love to hear your thoughts on this. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, even on a physiological standpoint, your gut Mm -hmm. is connected to your brain. There is the vagus nerve is connected and that's why your intuition speaks to you like a clear channel. Like there's a highway running parallel, sending information to your limbic brain, your emotional brain that sends signals and flares like watch out for this person or lean into this person. They're safe. And mm-hmm. that's what we call intuition, an intuitive hit. Um, and I agree with you. So many people think that it's butterflies and they think that the anxiousness is um, the spark. Oftentimes, it's more like bonding from trauma. Um, yes. Trauma bonding is big. I'm sure you're aware of this. And, um, and For people I think, who don't know what trauma bonding is. Yeah. 
uh, why don't you tell us? Yeah, sure. So I see it in two ways. The first one is energetic because we hold the codes, our energetic frequency and our codes are firstly, they're felt first, right? It's like the spirit being revealed to us. Mm-hmm. So, uh, your, think of your auric field, your energy field that you can't really see, but you can sense and, 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 and feel it. It holds a cobweb of all of the different experiences, pain, suffering that you've had, and they're in the web. So you mm-hmm. haven't taken the time yet to clean, to clean, to clear, to understand. So what you're projecting it energetically is, um, not the true self unadulterated, innocent, wholesome. It's the wounded self and you can, and we can, it's called baggage. Mm-hmm. We carry it around like baggage and it's felt. And so what happens is you become an energetic match bloop, to someone who's doing the same thing. And then now you have projections, projections of people projecting onto your partners, that, things that you didn't get from your childhood. So that's big in, in partners, right? We project what we really need or didn't Can get. Can you give me an example? Yeah. So I just had a client yesterday tell me a situation uh, with her boyfriend where he wasn't answering quick enough um, and her anxiety started to kick in. Her uh, anxious attachment started to kick in, but he was at work. There was really no reason um, for her to be worried. And she knew that, but it gone a little bit longer than normal, maybe two, three hours. Um, and she started to project onto him her own abandonment fears of abandonment and that puts a strain on relationships and she automatically just was aggressive and attacked him as if he did something wrong as if he was with someone else but the imagination totally triggered the imagination has its way of doing this right um so she was projecting onto him her own childhood abandonment issues that you know stemmed from her primary caregiver which was her father um and we do this all the time all the time with people, not even our partners, our parents. It's just things that we haven't looked at within ourselves yet. The shadow. Shadow work is so important when you want to integrate um, your psyche with your soul so that you can enter a relationship consciously saying, I know what my wounds are, I know what my triggers are, and I'm going to do the very best that I can to work on this as I love you at the same time. Mm-hmm. So, um, and I, we can go deeper into that, but I want to stay on subject, um, to answer your question, you know, projections are, are very common and, um, trauma bonding, right? It's one way because then that other person says, Oh yeah, I know what this feels like because trauma is stored in the body. The body keeps the score. And once you feel cortisol rising, that feels very familiar to you. That feels safe. It's not right. But because you've experienced that for so long, um, it feels normal. So that's why when I work with women in their relationships, they, they, when they actually have a secure, steady male who's giving them everything they need, the security, the communication, it feels boring. Like, yeah. You know, uh, that's too much. Of this a is literally, guy. yeah, this is what I'm telling them all, all the time. In fact, today a woman messaged me telling me that like, she's actually in a really great relationship with someone they've been dating for like over a month. And he, she sent me a screenshot of the messages that he's sending to her. 
and she asked if it was a red flag and the messages that he was saying to her was like i just want you to know that i find you you know that you're very special to me i love getting to know you um and i'm always going to root for you and your success like it was just a very encouraging text message and she asked me if it was a red flag and i messaged mm. her back like have you guys been dating for a month and she goes yeah and i go and now he sends you this messages and she's like yeah and i go this is normal yeah <laughs> like it's yeah. he's just he's telling you he likes you he's telling you how much he admires you yeah. sounds like he might be a words of affirmation person if he's yes. sending this long text but <laughs> yes. like this would be a red flag if he sent you after your first date yeah but you just told me you've been on 12 dates you've been dating for over a month um he's telling you how he feels and he's in yeah and her response was like oh i've just been so used to chasing men yeah i've never had someone just lay out their cards and i go but this is it. This is what, this is what it looks like. Yeah. Oh like my there God, is it. a point in time when you're dating a person who's serious about liking you yes. and admires you yeah. where they will there are share. There no games. Yeah. There's no games. How about, you know, like we said, mysticism, love. Yes. Some of the key words that I've been hearing in this world lately is twin flames. Mm -hmm. And I did yes. listen to the twin flames podcast recently and that like oh, really? scared the shit out of me. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> Boy. Because before that podcast came out, I used to use the word twin flames as like, oh, you know, this energy feels like right. It feels really balanced between you, your twin flames, like like that. And then the podcast comes out. I don't know if anyone's heard it, but if you want to, if you want to hear about pyramid schemes, oh boy, and they, I feel like those people they took the the words twin flames and just perverted it. And I feel like we yep. need to claim it back, you know, because Twin Flames, mm. it goes back to soulmates. So tell me, you know, this is your world. What do you think? Tell me a little bit more about what are Twin Flames or do you believe oh, in that? Like, you know, what's, what's yeah. the deal? So the difference between soulmates and Twin Flames, it's very simple. It's a conscious relationship. A soulmate is a conscious relationship. And a Twin mm -hmm. Flame speaks more about the unconscious aspects of yourself in relationship. It's oh. more of the unhealthy parts. Yeah. That's the thing about twin flames. We can romanticize soulmates and twin flames so much. Wait, hold up. Now you're blowing my mind. So wait, soulmates yeah. and twin flames are two different things. So they do talk about love, right? They are still really deep, intense connections that okay. we experience that we think this is the one, right? This is it. This is, this is the person. Okay. The difference between it's like a split. The twin flame experience is mm -hmm. beautiful in the beginning and it, it's more karmically connected than it being divine. In my opinion, I, I mean, everything is divine, even a karmic soulmate. The way I see a twin flame is there are a lot more projections. They say that it's more the male version of you or the female version of you. If God could spit out the opposite gender of you, it would be this person. That's why it's called the twin. What about, it's very heteronormative and I apologize to yeah. people who don't subscribe to that, uh, that listen to this podcast. Same. What about like a natural question? I like, what about, um, can you be twin flame and gay? Absolutely. So this is a great topic. Feminine and energetic dynamics. Okay. Got it. Okay. So I, I, I look, I don't look at people as male and female in that way. I look at them in energy. Okay. Most 
some people project masculine and you could be a woman and you project more masculine energy. You could be a male and project more feminine energy. It's about the dance between the two energetics that come into interplay in a relationship. So even if you are two women, one of you will be more masculine. Actually, right now I'm coaching a woman. She's dating her first woman ever. She, she was straight and she's 38 and she's like, I don't know what it is. I just love this woman. Okay. And we talked a lot about how, what she needed was more a masculine energetic to come in, in a feminine essence, if that makes sense. So the masculine is more do, do, do straight laced, rigid. Okay. Is a go-getter ambitious, um, is able to be the stoic one. We know the masculine to be stoic, to be like an anchor. Mm -hmm. And I always say, think of the masculine, like a rock in the ocean. And the woman is the waves that crash onto the rock, like the emotions ebb and flow. The feminine is more about ease, pleasure, receptivity, sensuality, the emotional world, the feeling state, the I feel, and the masculine is the I do, I will do it for you. So in relationships, uh, we always dance between feminine and energetic masculinity and femininity and who's leading and who's following. And I think it's always a dance between intimacy with people. Is when are we in our feminine and when are we in our masculine? Can you and be someone, both? You can be both. Absolutely. We dance between the two within, but someone is more dominant and someone needs to be more dominant because that's what creates polarization, which is attraction and eros in my opinion. Okay. So, so, okay. So we talked about these things. Now I, I feel a little bit more confused now because I always thought twin, I used to think twin flame was a positive thing. Then I thought it was a negative thing. Now I don't know what it is. So I want you to see beyond the duality of it being good or bad. Okay. Because both of them are experiences that we need. Okay. So the twin flame will come in and reveal to us our unconscious state where we can project, where we haven't looked at our unmet childhood needs yet, where we thought that we uh, dealt with one traumatic experience and then we are in relationship with our twin flame. We're like, wait, nope, I have not. I have not yet. Both experiences um, are truly exceptional, but the twin flame has more suffering linked to it from what I've seen, from what I've studied in terms of the soulful love, soul mates, on the other hand, will enhance the better version of you. The right. twin flame will spark something in you uh, to develop, but usually they don't last because they're just supposed to reveal the unconscious parts of each other, integrate the two, and then they go off and they find their soulmate because they need that experience first. The unconscious needs to be revealed first before you can go into a conscious relationship with a soulmate who will not, uh, control you or, um, it's, it's not lower vibrational. It's more the spiritual love. So I mentioned before that, you know, I, I believe in manifesting, um, you know, the love that you want. Um, what would totally. you say to someone who right now Maybe they just broke up and they want to get to a place of manifesting someone they love, but they also feel like they need to kind of like shake off 
the last love. Like, you know, they can't stop yeah. thinking about this person or it's become yeah. like obsessive. Like, you know, you don't want to be with this person again, but you keep finding yourself Googling them or opening up their social media to get that hit, you know? Absolutely. And quantum entanglement is a real thing. Okay. Quantum meaning um, spiritual, fifth dimensional, uh, the dream state. Okay. So the, it's the psychic energy. For example, like when you and I did our reading, like how did I pick up on things because I can open my field, my quantum field and your thoughts pour into mine. So now we have a psychic connection. Okay. Now imagine that with lovers. Can you just imagine the intensity, especially when you are making love and you have that sacred energy exchange and then there's a psychic connection. And of course people get obsessed because that's as close as you can get in terms of the physical and spiritual together, not just the physical. Mm -hmm. So what happens is then why is it so hard to break up? Because your energy is linked to theirs. So what happens when you're supposed to uncouple unconsciously, meaning this is not working for me and it's not working for you. Let's just choose to consciously uncouple right now. What happens is there's an energetic debris. It's kind of like dust and it's on you and it's your partner's energy. So you have to work to get it off of you. Meditation, hypnosis, working the physical body because your body keeps the score, even of your lovers. I say this to women all the time, you know, like your womb holds memory and your womb <laughs> can remember your, your first love. It can. That's and traumatic. It's, of course it can be. Can you imagine women who walk around and they just, they unconsciously mate with partners not knowing this. Um, and this is why we can have, this is a whole other subject, but you know why we can have, um, you know, cancer in, in uterus cancer or because that's trauma. It's energetic trauma stored in the body. PCOS all of these mm -hmm. things. It's pain, trauma, suffering, obsession, all stuck. And when you start to do your healing work, and that can take a course of years, you start to realize, wow, I'm holding a lot in. So uh, to answer your question though, what they can do is first understand that you just had, you just created a cocktail with someone. Like you just shared the deepest intimacy and give reverence to that, give gratitude for that. I think many people try to move on quickly without saying, wow, God, did I just love this person? Wow. We had just a great time and the gratitude and the love that comes from that and the forgiveness at the same time that can come in. It's breaking up with love, not with resentment, major difference. And you can heal a lot quicker and move on quicker this way, no matter what they did. Do you find more people that come to you are coming at a place from like after a breakup or in searching for something after they've left the breakup mentality? It's more so the second one. They come to me when they're ready. Mm -hmm. It's like when you're ready, the teacher will appear. Okay. And 
when they, they feel that there's something in them that's developing and they have just transcended through a relationship. They have, they just went through the dark night of the soul with somebody, their shadows were projected. So how do you then like facilitate that growth in that person? So I don't talk a lot about the past so much. I don't like to spend too much energy there. And I'm talking about in my, in my coaching practice, not in my readings. Um, what I do is I just pinpoint why you attract the partner that you do. And then we pivot. We like course correct. Okay. Now, if you don't want this and what do you want? And we get into the desires, we get into the, the core self. And many times we manifest from an egoic standpoint because we manifest whatever we want in whatever stage we're in, meaning in the ego money status, wealth, right? Instead of pure bliss, nirvana, ecstasy, love. When someone comes to me, they've already had the egoic manifestation in a partner and they want something more. They want something deeper. Mind you, some people don't even get out of that in their lives, in this lifetime. They stay. Mm -hmm. And, and I'm so happy that you believe in past lives because that is real. When you look at somebody, you can just feel like you know them. And that goes back to the soulmate aspect there. They are a part of your family in whatever way. And we have many soulmates. It's not just romantic Oh yeah. Love. I totally believe in that. I don't think the religion that I subscribe to believes in that, but, <laughs> um, it's just my way of like understanding the universe that I live in. Sure. Uh, yeah. Like I feel like, and I think it's because I believe in the anti soulmate. And I think that's what brings me to believe in soulmates more than anything, because sometimes I just meet people and I'm just like, this feels off. I'm not supposed to know you. Mm-hmm. And I like just check out. Yeah. And that's your intuitive brain coming over your logical brain, giving you information, giving you f- right nudges and you can't explain it. And you can be the logic, the most logical person on the planet. And you are still going to feel a seismic connection with someone mm-hmm. no matter what. And this is why we can't rule out, um, feeling sensations. We can't rule out spirituality. Spirituality, in my opinion, it's just the views that you believe in through your own life, through your own gnosis, through your own experience, through your own collected knowledge that you have for yourself. You think for yourself. Yeah. But also, you know, to go back to all those words that Greek people have for love, right? One of those words Mm -hmm. is mania, mania, which is the obsessive bad kind of love. And Mm -hmm. I think about the connections that I had with some ex-boyfriends where it, it was kind of obsessive. It was insanely toxic, right? Yep. And it was not just with one person. I I can think of three people (laughs) and Mm -hmm. uh, maybe four, if I want to be really mean. And, um, (laughs) and when I think about those people, I think about like, now in hindsight, what I learned. And I was like, wow, because I dated this person after that, I started dating people like this. And then because of this person, I consciously started dating people that were like this. And because I started doing that, I feel like then I ended, I had those lessons. Like I was trying con and maybe it's because I work in the dating space, but when I had the, the last breakup before I met my now husband, I remember consciously being like, okay, I know this now. So now Mm -hmm. I have to find this. Like I was, Mm -hmm. I was being extremely mindful and I was also 
because I was being very conscious about it, it was like very easy for me to give myself permission to not go on third dates with people. I was like, yeah, this isn't, or second, even second dates. I was like, mm-hmm. nope, this isn't. Yep. And I wasn't, it wasn't from like a feeling. picky perspective either. It wasn't like, oh, he's th- this height or, oh, he doesn't make this amount of money. Like that, those two things actually never crossed my mind. It was more of like, I feel confused and I don't feel like myself when I'm around them. I feel like mm-hmm. I have to either put on a show or yep. not or even like, you know what, not even a show, but like even, you know, how like some people will drive you to be like even more sexual. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, yep. I, I don't know if that makes sense. Like you want to, but it's also like, yeah, I can't do this for the rest of my life. Right. Yeah. Like this is because too of- much. <laughs> mm-hmm. And, it, and most women will pretzel their way and fawn to right. become a version that they think they need to be. And that needs to happen in order for them to then see, my God, I'm with someone who like completely accepts me for who I am, loves my flaws. Um, Absolutely. Just just like, like you look at this person, you're like, where have you been all my life? You know, I don't have. (laughs) And it's funny because like I, um, I went on a date with someone, my husband knows this. I went on a date with someone (laughs) a few days after I met my husband because I had already scheduled a second date with him before I Mm -hmm. met my now husband, right? Like I had, there was like a overlap right like I went on a first date with a guy uh, a week before I met George then I went on my date with George and uh, two dates with George three dates with George and then I had already a second date scheduled I didn't tell George at the time right it's none of his business we weren't exclusive he was my boyfriend but I remember being on that date and thinking like wow like this guy is very similar to George Hmm. the difference is that George is more interesting to me than this guy. I felt kind mm. of bored with this guy. Like, like they're very similar. If you put them yep. side by side, they have very similar, <clears throat> they have exactly the same values and mm-hmm. um, the same integrity. And they're extremely well-liked by, you know, people around them. So, and very strong work ethic. Like they have a lot of similarities. I just felt more curious Mm-hmm. and interested in George. Like I felt not just myself, but like, and I definitely felt myself more with George than the other guy, but I was entertained. Like I was like, I remember thinking like I could like this person and just not get bored with them. Whereas with the yeah. other person, I was kind of getting bored. I was like, ah, eh, like, mm-hmm. you know, I hadn't, you know, it was just very, it was very interesting to witness that because I felt like had I not had that second date with that guy, I don't know if I would have given George a chance even more. I know that makes no sense because I already like George, but it's like I suddenly had this comparison. No, I know what you mean. Yeah. You know, I know. what I mean? Absolutely. And I, that's why I encourage women to, even though they've selected a partner, mm-hmm. to just go on another date because not to compare and contrast, but you can feel the difference in your body being right. with two different people. And that will give you the impetus to move forward and say, I, I'm going all in with this person. I, I want to go on the third, fourth, fifth. And curiosity is a big thing in relationships. You want to be curious. You, right. and I mean, you're going to get to know this person for the rest of your life. I don't think getting to know someone ends ever. 
No. Ever. Because no. they're changing and you're changing. And that's why you grow together because you're curious about each other's growth. So what would you say to someone who um, wants to make their intuition a little bit more sensitive to help them guide themselves in their mm-hmm. journey to better relationships? First thing is slow down. Slow down. You don't need to how, rush. How would you tell someone to slow down? When you're... Okay, for example, pace is everything, in my opinion. The way you pace yourself in the relationship will determine how you want to move forward with them. Most people, they think they found something great and then they rush into it and then they crash and burn. Okay. So the thing about pacing and slowing down is consciousness. So when I'm on a date with you, uh, or I'm in conversation with you, I want to slow down. Wow. I just had a bee hit this window. That's interesting. Um, <laughs> what's the symbolism will, behind that? Well, bees are ruled by the sun and honey and sweetness and, hmm. and it could be more Venus like and Venus in astrology is represented by, by love and the planet of love. And we can get into that later too. Um, when I'm, when I'm in person with somebody, I make sure I'm not distracted. My phone's off. I watch the body language. I fully surrender myself to this person and I want to see how I feel with them. I look at their eyes. I take a breath. I don't talk as much. I listen more. I want to, I like, show me who you are. And intimacy is into me, I see. So you look into, because I, I know to a certain aspect how, how I am and what I need, that gives me a clue of what I'm looking for. And so I slow down and I just watch and I just let the person reveal themselves to me without any preconceived notions or expectations. Literally, they start neutral with me. Mm. And I think that, in, that your intuition speaks to you in whispers, you'll hear a whisper like, yes, keep going. <laughs> okay. And, and then the other aspect of intuition can be also like, no, you know, this is also not right for you. Don't repeat the same old patterns. Anxiety and fear. Fear is big. A lot of people ask me, how do I differentiate between fear and intuition? Okay. Fear is loud. Fear is anxiety and fear is shouting at you um, that this isn't right or this is right, but uh, you're choosing to go against yourself and what you already know. The quiet whisper within intuition is the whisper of your soul. You have to tune in and you tune in by slowing down, getting really quiet. You can have a meditative experience on a date if you just Mm -hmm. open your senses like I want to hear everything. I want to see everything. I want to, I want to be able to touch and get a sense of feeling from this person. Like, see, you're saying it more woo woo like, but I, in my mind (laughs) without the woo, -woo, it's like, you mean being present? Yes. Yes, absolutely. You want to be present, but you want to open all your senses, right? You want to like open all your, (laughs) and this is where your intuition, your psychic energy can come in and you will, you will hear the voice, your voice it will speak to you. There is a voice. I, if you listen, you have to listen. And then after the date, go home, 
and be by yourself for a minute. Mm-hmm. And you can ask your spirit. Asking your soul questions is the best way to go. You can say, when you get really quiet, reveal to me, how do I feel about this person? Should I move forward? And if you are a believer in God and you speak to God, you can say, God, show me, is this the person that I need to move forward with? And you're going to feel some, you might feel um, warmth in your body. You, you'll have a physical sensation. Um, and I teach this to people too, is how, how to get in touch with yourself, with your intuition somatically. Mm. Or you might get your heart might race. Like you'll start to notice your body will talk to you. Your body knows before your I mind knows. I feel like knows. sometimes though, people don't like the answer. Of course not. Because we have to do the right thing and doing the right thing is hard. <laughs> it really is. It, it, you get stuck. You think to yourself, <clears throat> especially if you're in a codependent or even abusive relationship, um, you know, you'll say, well, I'm going to give it one more month. Yep. I'm going to give it a few more weeks. You know, when things are mm -hmm. good, they're great. And it's like, mm -hmm. yeah, but you know, when you give it a month and you give it a month and you give it a month, suddenly it's like five years. Yep. He still hasn't proposed or she's still... Because it's not just women who are experiencing bad dating behavior. It's also men. Absolutely. Uh, and you're not with the right person. You're not where you thought you were. And it's like, I need you to give yourself permission to make a decision. Yeah. You know, if you're going to ask, if you're going to call to a higher power, whatever that, whatever that is. Mm -hmm. Right. You still have to make a decision. Just, there's still actions behind that. Absolutely. First, you listen, let the wisdom drop in to your consciousness and then you have to understand that you need to take action on that wisdom. Wisdom is supposed to be taken action on. You're not, we're not supposed to be in the same right. state with people, you know, and it's like you, Maria, in your dating phase, when you were dating the same four types of people mm -hmm. and there was a moment in you that said enough is enough. I'm tired of feeling this way. I don't want to suffer dating the same kind of person who doesn't give me what I need. Isn't as, as available as I would like them to be is only making me suffer. So dating the right people is an act of self-love and an act of confidence. Put, put that on a bumper sticker. <laughs> That's right. Like if you're dating emotionally unavailable people, there is an aspect in you that is unavailable to yourself. And until that gets ripped open, your heart gets ripped open. Rumi says this quote's beautiful. Um, love is something like, and I'm, it's not verbatim, but love until your heart is broken. Mm and keep loving even through the heartbreak. There's a reason why that's, he says that because we then learn how to deeply love through the trenches of the pain in astrology. It's Pluto. Pluto is the underworld. We go through the dark night of the soul to then gain enlightenment, integration of the, of the self only when we see the darkness. So it's like dating available people can only come after you said, I'm, I'm getting off that ride. That was fun. But now I'm ready to deeply connect in um, in Jungian school of thought through psyche and agape. I love it, Violeta. This has been uh, really it's been really fun talking to you, yeah. and hearing your side. Because it's like it's funny. Like I think you know both of us coach people. Um, I'm I'm in the game of helping people find someone special, but also helping people fix their picker. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. you're in the place of using your energy and mysticism, uh, to guide people, uh, in the right direction. That's right. Where can people find you if they'd like to learn more about you and your services? 
Yeah, you can schedule a discovery call with me in my acuity uh, schedule. To, oh, I have the link for that. I'm going to put that in the show notes. Yeah, if you are wanting to go deeper in terms of yourself and uncover the parts of you that are not looked at yet, and you know there's something deeper to you, and it's not just about love, but it's about yourself, then you can work one-on-one with me directly. Um, and if you wanted to get an astrology reading or an intuitive consultation, you can do that as well. And that's more of a general overview of where you are in your life. And I can give you some foresight into your questions and what's coming up. So you have two options. I got to say, I had a reading done by Violetta uh, earlier this year, like back in February. And I can't tell you how much I forgot. Like I forgot to press record. Oh. And I was like so angry with myself for like weeks because uh, speaking to you was like doing brain yoga. Like I I struggle personally (laughs) to turn off my brain Mm. and uh, like listening to you on the phone, like talking about, you know, certain things that were happening in my life. um, It was, it felt therapeutic. It felt like a nice like cleanse, like a soul cleanse and like a brain cleanse. Mm. Uh, And I just, I just really enjoy talking to you and I hope, uh, if anyone is interested in feeling that you can certainly use the link in my bio to do that with, uh, Violetta. Violetta, thank you, thank you again for coming thank to you the so Ask much. a Matchmaker podcast. It's my honor. Thank you. And thank you for listening to the Ask a Matchmaker podcast. I just want to say, um, a big shout out to some of you who have started giving me, um, really nice reviews on the podcast it means the world to me to read such kind words i'm so happy to be a part of your love journey or even breakup journey i love when people tell me that they broke up with someone because they were just not it um, so thank you again for doing that um, tell a friend tell a few friends about this podcast tell them to follow me on instagram so that they can get the latest dating and relationship advice plus cute photos of my kids and extremely wholesome masculinity content from my husband with his grilled cheese videos. I am obsessed. I'm sure a few of you are as well. Thanks again for listening to the Ask a Matchmaker podcast. Be lovable, but more importantly, be likable. See you next week.